Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Raphael, happy new year. What's up? What's up, my dude? We we have a. It's just the two of us this week. Yeah. Are you sad? I know it's very very lonely. We are not joined by not one, not two, not three. No Shans are here. Zero Shans. It's a Shanless episode. Yeah. No other friends. None. That's the only people we know. Yeah. Um, and we, what better way to ring in the new year than to discuss a film about the end of the world? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I feel like the end of the world has been coming for a while, so. That's true. Every day the earth or uh, spins <laughs> is, is one more <laughs> day. It's, it's spinning closer to its demise. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. That is every every new day is it what one day closer to the end of times yeah it's true that's it's an irrefutable <laughs> fact you know it i know it adam mckay knows it yeah christopher nolan doesn't know it though because doesn't. he has different ideas about how time works it's true and Incri- yeah if if we approach the end of times we'll just invert ourselves and we're fine yeah dude we'll do a, a pincer time move on uh the end of the world I, I guess that is it. Not to talk about, uh, I almost said Inception, <laughs> although whatever, it's all the same shit. Same, same <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, we, of course, are talking about the new film by Adam McKay, Don't Look Up. Don't uh, do it. Don't do it. Don't you dare look up, which is, of course, his cheeky way of criticizing our political climate, our socio-tech climate. Uh, it is the new film and by him. The climate, climate, the climate, climate. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it is a political and social satire about the end of the world. What fun! What, what fun! What a great way to bring in the new year. What great way to bring in the new year. And it's funny you say what fun. I guess we'll just we just might as well just get right into it. Yeah, um, I guess we can. It's funny you or say we can beat around the bush. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what the first hour of this film does. It beats around the bush. <laughs> uh, and the bush it's beating around is is not, you know, it has... What's on a bush or leaves on a bush? What grows on a know. bush? Um, bushels? Not bushels. <laughs> is, it, is it bushels? That I don't actually know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know what grows on a yeah. bush. It's not leaves. Not petals. <laughs> no, it's not petals. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, man. Um, yeah, dude. I don't know. We we live. We're we're city folk. We yeah, there are no bushes it. within. No, there's zero bushes. No. Um. So yes, this is his political satire, and as and what I was saying was, it's funny that you mentioned oh, what a fun experience this was because uh, initially, so I had I, I had no idea what this movie was about going into it. I knew. Mm-hmm. That okay, it's the new Adam McKay movie. Leo's in it. Jennifer Lawrence is in it. It's got a whole bunch of other recognizable actors and actresses in it. Uh, and so going in, I had no idea what it was about. I thought it was going to be some like cheeky, dialogue-heavy. I don't know, some weird science movie. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like, oh, it's about uh, two scientists who discover a comet heading straight for Earth. Uh, that is an extinction-level event comet. And going in, I was like, oh, I like end of the world movies. I like, uh, you know, end time apocalyptic movies. That's neat. Yeah, that's uh, uh, 
It's a really dark thing to like. Yeah, well, I mean, who doesn't like a good Roland Emmerich flick, dude? You know we're seeing Moonfall. Oh, yeah, o- opening opening weekend. Absolutely. You, you can't you, – there are two things you'll get me in a movie theater for, Marvel trash <laughs> and Emmerich trash. Those are the only two things. Um, um. Yeah, so that's all I knew going in, and then I basically just sort of unfolded for me the experience as I as I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> How was that experience for you? So uh, I I realized fairly quickly uh, <laughs> that this movie was compl- and I believe you wrote this in your letterbox review. I I, I checked it earlier mm-hmm. today uh, that this movie is not only confused about its identity, but it has none. Um, and it's so weird because it's like okay you set it up with first of all okay you have leo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence okay two very Mm -hmm. accomplished dramatic actors regardless of what anyone thinks of them personally they're they're very accomplished and they're they're known for their dramatic roles um and it's like okay you have two heavy hitters as the two leads and it's a film about the end of the world wow and then quickly while viewing it and listening to it you're just like uh is this a comedy i think it's supposed to be a comedy it's like i mean i think you you said this before it's like supposed to be satire um yeah i i guess we're not able to beat around the bush it it doesn't succeed in being either a dramatic telling of the end of times or a funny satire about how people react to the end of times so you're kind of just left with a weird sort of wet fart of a movie that doesn't accomplish either of the things that it sets out to accomplish, um, which is like, I get it. It's, that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to, it's hard to balance the comedic and dramatic aspects of anything, um, especially the end of the world. Um, so I'll just get this out of the way and say it's admirable that Adam McKay did try to balance those two things in making this movie. Um, but in trying to do that, he just like fell flat doing both. Abs- absolutely. I agree completely. I think, I think what's so boggling about this film to me um, and why it's like frustrating, I think more than anything, is because it's so apparent and so obvious to like, you don't have to be a film aut- auteur or a film critic uh, mm-hmm. to like see what he's trying to do here. He's very clearly making fun of the political climate of the world, especially the United States. Um, yeah. Both socially, uh, tech-wise, and literally politically. Uh, like the president, played by Meryl Streep, is a, is a major character in this film. Um, yeah. And here's the thing about satire. To do it well, it has to pretend to take itself seriously. Um, Yeah. This film does not do that at all. It is very clearly uh, over the top and absurd. Like, this is an uh, absurdist film. You have Jonah Hill as the chief of staff making jokes about his mother, the president, and how if she weren't his mother, he would bone her. He says this on live television. Yeah, he he calls his mom a MILF. Yes. And it's, his character felt so out of place in this movie. 
can we can start there can we start there with jonah hill absolutely i think i think his character just like represents everything that i found troubling about this movie and confusing about this movie um because everyone else like like leo uh j-law meryl streep whoever else you know it may be they're kind of playing it seriously even in the funny moments um and sometimes like that's a way to make funny moments funnier but he's just doing flat out comedy in scenes that otherwise don't call for it and it all feels like really out of place like he's cracking jokes when everyone else around him is just doing serious line reads and it just it, it was so mind-boggling to 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 see like were they working from the same script was well, Jonah Hill trying to improvise and like it, everyone else wasn't following his his improv and just like going along with what they had on the page? It's and interesting it just, that you say that because uh, I read a little bit about it this afternoon after watching it, mm-hmm. and the script had essentially the same plot, but they adjusted a lot of what was in it during COVID, and in doing that they simply ignored a lot of the script and had the actors improv. So you're absolutely correct. A lot of what you're picking up on with it feeling like out of place improvisation is because it is in fact out of place improvisation. But it, it all feels, it it all feels like super mismatch, Um, which is the, again, that like, that's the big problem with this movie is that nothing nothing is aligned in terms of like what it's trying to do and what the ultimate goal is. And that's where it falls short of like anything that this, that this movie could have been. Cause on paper you're like, okay, Adam McKay, the, the, the funny dude who made Step Brothers and Talladega Nights, but then also made like sort of dramatic comedic movies, like the big short or even vice with uh, what's his face with Christian Bale um, and you have a like an all star cast of of Leo and J Law and Jonah Hill and Meryl Bleep and Streep, and and it's like no one's on the same page of of what we're supposed to be doing in this movie. It's like no one knew what the actual like point of this movie was going to be or what the end goal was in making this, and it just ends up being an extremely frustrating watch. It's it's so weird because. Like when you think of tone, not this movie does something that very few do. It, it it both comes across as tone deaf and tonally deafening. So it's like <laughs> nothing you can't like you're not picking up on anything, and at the same time, what's being shouted at you is just a bunch of overlapped noise that doesn't fit together. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a perfect de- description for it. It's like it somehow accomplishes everything and um and also fails to accomplish everything that it, that it's trying to do at the same time which like in a way is kind of more impressive than if this film just flat out worked like i don't know man this is one of the most confusing movies i've i've seen in a while and the the i think the most confusing thing and the most frustrating thing for me beyond just its total lack of focus is that I can't think of a movie that I'm like 
very much so politically aligned with that as a film felt so bad. I don't know if that if that makes sense it, to you it, if you it, like it, if you felt the same way, but like I feel like I am the target demo for this. I I very much so agree that global warming is like the biggest issue facing us as a society and something that like we need to look at, you know, seriously and more critically and, you know, kind of light a fire under our asses to do something about it. Um, so like I should be someone to enjoy this movie, but um, you also have to go out and, you know, make a, a good movie and, and execute on some technical levels in order for that to, to like properly come across. A- a- absolutely. Uh, what, what is so profoundly disturbing to me about this film and about my viewing experience with this film, ultimately while watching it, I felt kind of disgusted uh, <laughs> for, for the reasons you're describing. Because like you, I am the target demographic for this film. I, I believe that I align myself politically in terms of what it's trying to say. Um, and ultimately, like it's not very deep with its message. It's like, the people in control don't give a shit about the middle to lower class. They just don't. They exploit them. They lie to them purely for their own gain. All they care about is their own interest, and they're willing to use anything and everything to get themselves more powerful and more rich. Everyone in this film is essentially trying to do that. These are real things that happen in the world. Um, and yet, Yes, of course, a satire is going to make fun of those things. But in a satire, those things are portrayed to us realistically and seriously. That is why a satire is funny, is because it's not far removed from the truth. Yes, we had an absolute horrible human in the White House who was a clown, uh, was ridiculous on TV. Yes, the president in this film is a variation of that. However... Meryl Streep is... A Trumpy character? Right? Wow. Wow. But here's the thing. (laughs) Donald Trump was never on camera talking about how he was a DILF. You know? So it's like, although to be fair, maybe it is, but fairly, maybe he somewhat insinuated that. He's probably said that at at some point. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. It's, It's so absurd in the way it's portrayed, though, in this film that it distracts you from the fact that what it's discussing are real issues and instead just turns your brain off and makes you think like, oh, this is just so ridiculous and absurd that it's just purely entertainment. Um, It's like the movie is, again, it's like, uh, it's simultaneously really absurd and it takes real life and kind of amplifies the absurdity of it. But at the same time, it's just like holding up a mirror to how absurd real life is. Um, and I wonder if like a lot of people's like, I think there's a, a school of thought that like Trump kind of ruined comedy because <laughs> he was such an absurd figure that it's like almost impossible to make fun of him or like you can't like do comedy about Trump. You just like show Trump. And that itself is comedy. Um, so like, there's no way to really amplify that absurdity in a smart, interesting, nuanced sort of way. Um, 
But then if you just, if you're just like showing it and you're just holding up a mirror to it, it's like, well, there's nothing interesting about that because that's the real world that we live in. And I could just turn on CNN if I want to see absurd politicians being absurd. It, it's it, it like I left the movie kind of thinking like, like, what's the point in me watching that? I didn't learn anything new about the world around me or like how it operates or the people in, in power and, and, you know, why they do what they do. It's just like, yeah, that's all true, I guess. But like, what else, what else am I getting out of it? Like, what else are you doing for that conversation besides just like, it's just like a copy paste from real life. And you change up a couple of things. You make Donald Trump a woman and Meryl Streep and you make his, you know, you make Ivanka Jonah Hill. And like, that's supposed to be a funny movie. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that we, we keep coming back to the Jonah Hill character because he's not he's not a huge part of the film. But I think the reason we were referencing him a lot is because he's the clear representation of the issues in the film. Like, take, for instance, the scene where he's joking about having a bag put over Jennifer Lawrence's head when she's taken off the grid. And he's joking about it and being like, yeah, I didn't have to do that at all. The CIA does that. The FBI doesn't. But I just thought it would be funny. He literally is saying that the joke that the film is trying to convey to us is funny. He's like, what we just did is funny. You're absolutely (laughs) right. Describing it completely takes the air out of it. If it's just a thing that happens and we have to watch it and sit with it, then that's fine. That could be effective. But if we're being told that what we're watching is funny, it's just it's if the if the if the butt of the joke is that <laughs> it's a joke, it's no longer a joke. No. It's um this movie like kind of suffers from from James Gunn's uh suicide squad syndrome. Where it spends so much time telling you and like forcing you and begging you to see how it's funny and how this is satire that it doesn't just take the time to be the thing that it wants to be. So it, it's like, yes, a, as a viewer, we we understand that like the bag thing is is funny. You don't have to tell us explicitly that it's that it's funny. We're we're watching the movie. We we get that. We got that. Like. Please stop hammering me over the head with with the idea that this is like something more than than what's actually being presented to me within the film. It's 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 particularly difficult too because any any voices in media that are going to convey and and get the word out about real political issues or issues with our world in general are going to be those that have some level of fame, some level of power, some level of, some level of wealth, as that's just what the nature of the world is right now. And the mm-hmm. irony of that is that these people pretend like they're the voice of the real middle and lower class, the, the working population, as the film calls it. So when you have rich and famous people like Adam McKay and Netflix and Leo DiCaprio uh, trying to convey this message, it's it's immensely ironic and sort of loses its um, its genuine 
void. Yeah. Uh, and so ultimately what we're left with is a product that feels like it's making fun of itself and the people it's attempting to represent. And so it's really, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I don't even think that this movie, and like, I don't think that Adam McKay as director of this movie realizes that the movie is in a way like part of the thing that it's making fun of. Like, it seems like, it seems like he genuinely thought while making this movie that he was that he was highlighting something to us that was like new and and novel. He thought that he was making something that was like very earth shattering um and like a call to, to yeah, <laughs> a call to wake people up. But um I, I don't think he realizes that like the people who are probably going to agree with him like already knew that and this movie isn't presenting anything that novel to them it's just it's just the same shit that we already knew in a, in an uninteresting way so at, at the end at the end of the day at the end of the movie like you're kind of just left wondering like why bother with this like just to me i felt like he could have just written an op-ed in like a newspaper if if he wants us to be concerned or more concerned about you know the state of politics and and, and global warming and how we're killing the, the planet. And we have a, a limited, you know, amount of time before things really go to shit and we're all totally screwed. Um, like this movie doesn't, it doesn't present anything that, uh, that like isn't part of an already existing conversation um, in ways that like real in, in real life can just be done a whole lot better. A- absolutely. Uh, I think that's the conundrum of the undertaking of even trying to make something like this because it's depressing for the, the movie hopes to achieve a level of like magnifying the public and conveying this sort of sad, depressing story that until it's too late, we don't care. Until it's too late, we don't open our eyes. Until it's too late, we don't look up. Um, whoa, whoa, dude! We dude. don't we don't look up f- from our phones. We don't look up into the sky and see the proof right in front of us. Like whatever bullshit you want to, you know, talk about, yeah. Adam. Like whatever, fuck you. <laughs> um, but the the real sad truth is that those people that you're uh satirizing that you're also trying to get this message heard to uh they don't this the the real depressing fact of this story and the reality of it is that people just don't care they don't care because they feel powerless there there's nothing they can do there's nothing they'll ever be able to do that that is the real story that should be told in a film like this is that we're fucking helpless. There's it's true within the structure of our society, the powers that be everything is carefully constructed and crafted and structured in, in such a way that they will never lose their power. Never fucking ever. Um, even the ones who take the fall publicly as highlighted by the, uh, anesthesiologist, uh, doctor character, Meryl Streep is just like, you're going to have to take the fall for this one. Uh, Which the, one was that? 
she was the the one who said that she was also sleeping with Ron Perlman. That, oh, that was that the, the 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 person who was head of NASA? Yes, um, yes. Just because like she went to school with Meryl Streep's character, or something. right, right. <sighs> it's just so much of this movie is like it's so on the nose while pretending to not be on the nose and like sly and slick about what it's presenting to us without actually being sly or slick. Like he never like flat out says like Meryl Streep is a Trump figure, but from the moment we meet her, like anyone who watches the movie, it just goes, ah, that's Donald Trump. Um, like, he never mentions uh, any specific political parties. It's all referred to in like vague terms of, oh, the other party, they'll gain power and they'll, you know, do this, this and that. And it's like, okay, dude, like we, we know what you're doing. We know that the newspaper is the New York Times. We know that the, that the morning news show is like, good morning, America. Like we know what all of these things, what, what all these things are. You're not like, you're not this movie isn't as clever as it thinks it is, which is another, another thing that like really upsets me when watching a movie is, is something that, um, that presents itself as having a level of intelligence that it doesn't. And like trying to outsmart its audience, um, and not, and not respecting audience members enough to, um, to be able to like, to dig into what's actually going on and like what things mean and what things represent and just, you know, kind of putting it, putting it out there um, and, and winking at us and saying like, Oh, did you, did you catch that? Did you catch that? Like, yes, we, we freaking caught it. It's, it's the most obvious thing ever, you know, do something with it. Come on, Adam. Yeah. I think, like, I, I think that's the ultimate tragedy of the film, which is why it's sort of, is in a sense what it's mocking um is that it doesn't it, it it all all the film communicates to us by the end is that we're doomed that's it that that's it it doesn't reflect on it in any interesting way in its in its language of absurdity it's just telling us that our society sucks and there's nothing we can do about it that's, yeah, that's I think really you brought up a good point that like it doesn't reflect on anything in any sort of meaningful way or ask us as audience members to re- reflect on anything. It's just it's just uh, it's just empty calories like this movie is just there for consumption. There is no sort of uh, there's no I guess there is a desire, but there's no actual like it doesn't provoke any thoughts or um, aim to change hearts or minds or anything. I mean, maybe it does aim to do those things, but it, it, it lacks so much in the execution that it, it ultimately fails at anything that it set out to do. Um, and it's yeah, like, I keep coming back to this word frustrating. It's, it, it's such a frustrating movie to, to have to sit through. Um, because I, I want to like it. I, I want something like this to be a good movie. I want something like this to really provoke some interesting thought and conversations. Um, and instead, it's just like showing us that, you know, that the news doesn't actually care about reporting the news and they just want to be, you know, 
fun bubblegum type TV for us to to mindlessly consume and and interact with on social media. It's like, well, yeah, but like, w- like, what do you want us to do about it? Like, what right. what do you want? To, what do you have to say about it? It doesn't an- it doesn't ask any questions and it doesn't provide any advice. It does neither yeah. of those things. Um, and, it's, and then it ultimately it it fails to entertain. Yes, exactly. It's it's just I'm I'm like after a scene ends, I'm left scratching my head. I'm like, what was the what was the point of that? Except to just do what the scene before it did, and what the scene before that did was to just be like, look at how stupid we are as people. That's it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's 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 it, it blows me away. Uh, and another thing that's that's frustrating to me as well, like. So I, you know, I went online. I was curious to how the public was responding to the film. Um, it sort of has, it, it's got a very, very middle of the road Rotten Tomatoes score. It's pretty by critics sort of reviewed, I think, somewhat poorly. It's in the mid fifties, uh, which for Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes is pretty bad. Um, yeah. But even more frustrating was like I was on Reddit and I was reading some of the comments of people who'd seen the film. And the response was largely positive. And I was like, okay, the people who like it, like, why do they like it? And it's just yeah. everyone talking about how funny they found it and all the jokes that they found funny and all the performances they found funny. And I was like, a movie like this that's about what it's about, the takeaway should not be the comedy. We should like a movie like this because it really is focusing its lens on the issues that it's discussing. And demanding that we look at them and think about them in a way that hopefully will result in us living our lives in such a way that maybe one day we'll solve them. And that's not the takeaway from yeah. it at all. No, <laughs> uh, the, like the comedy thing, um, I, like I found myself thinking about a lot of other movies when watching this. And one was uh, the most recent Borat, which is like for all uh intensive purposes um see that's a joke because it's really intense and purposes but i said (laughs) intensive purposes that's why that joke is funny um (laughs) but like the borat movie which is just a like a flat-out comedy it does at the end of the day make us think about like why that movie is is so absurd and like why our current political um you know state is in such disarray um and it like it genuinely makes you laugh but it it also you walk away from that movie and you kind of think about what it has to say about american society and this movie it it offers a few chuckles but the chuckles are never um to like highlight real life absurdity of of what it's representing to make you think about like oh why was that funny the only funny thing in this movie is the running joke about J Law's character being upset that the general charged her. And like, that is a genuinely funny joke. And the fact that they kept coming back to that, I thought was like actually pretty, pretty good. I, I enjoy that as a piece of humor, but there's nothing, there's nothing more to that joke. And any of the other jokes that exist within this movie, like any of Jonah Hill's lines or anything like that, they don't make you think a little bit further about why they're funny they're just like surface level funny. And if we just want to make a surface level funny movie, that's okay too. Like you can make Step Brothers again, Adam McKay, and that's totally fine. <laughs> like I'll take that. But it's just this this whole like presenting as a 
as a commentary on on society um without actually doing that commentary um just like what's the point of the jokes i keep saying what's the point i keep asking that question what's the point um it's like what's the point of the jokes um if they're not going to make us think about anything right there's no the the humor in this movie is kind of like anti-humor there aren't really any jokes in it there's no like aside from i i agree with you about the whole general charging for the snacks thing like there's a reason that's funny it's funny because it, of what it represents that this guy in this level of power who doesn't need the money is just taking more from people when he doesn't need to purely just ripping them off. Oh, and, is that about like how our military gets most of our tax dollars? Oh, that's though, ooh, maybe that's part of it or yeah. how just the rich and powerful will charge for whatever they can and, just take $10 from whoever they can, even though they don't need the money at all. It's funny because the joke in and of itself is funny. And it's an interesting joke because of what it represents. I don't, I agree with you. I don't think there's really much else in the film that does anything like that. Um, I will say, so I gave, I gave this movie, uh, I didn't, I didn't think it was on like unwatchable trash. Uh, I gave it not to jump the gun to our final scores, but I, ga- I gave it, jump it. I gave it two out of five. Um, okay. And then upon reflection, I was like, okay, why am I giving it two out of five um, as opposed to like one out of five? Because I didn't think this mm-hmm. was particularly enjoyable, like at all. Um, but we always <laughs> we always talk about like, okay, well, you kind of have to give everything at least one star because like people were on set, as we yeah. always say, there were makeup <laughs> artists like. <laughs> putting fake lashes on Jay Jay Law. Uh, there was someone in charge of her wig or whatever. Like there yeah. was a man holding the camera and a human being edited this at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so like those okay. things did all happen. Yes, those these things happened. Can, Somebody made can it. Confirm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like what what movie is going to get like half a star or no stars at all. It's a movie that doesn't exist yeah. because nobody bothered to make it. That's that's that's, that's the a lens cap that movie. Lens um, cap was, was like, on the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, okay, so why am I giving this two? Um, the truth is I really enjoyed what was going on in the final dinner scene. That mm-hmm. was that was like the one time that I felt the movie kind of had any heart. And the reason yeah. I felt like that scene had any heart, to, to, to describe it for anyone listening who maybe hasn't seen the film, I'm not sure why I'd be listening to this if you hadn't, yeah. but, but to reiterate, what's nice about it is it's communicating something very human to us which the rest of the movie does not. The rest of the movie never really communicates anything human to us. But yeah, that dinner scene, that's a good point. The movie totally lacks humanity. <laughs> yeah, like at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> inhumanity, if anything else, is, is yeah. what it, it's full of. Um, and that dinner scene at the end is so lovely because all it's saying is that in our final moments, something as simple as being with the people you care about sharing a meal and timothy chalamet and timothy chalamet right like that's a, that's actually kind of funny like he i liked him in this i'm not a big chalamet fan i actually liked him in this oh i thought it was completely useless but we'll, we'll, we'll he, circle he, we'll circle back to that useless but i i enjoyed what he was doing um i like that this very brief picture about psychologically how to deal with this not even catastrophe but this like 
end of existence is yeah. just by ignoring it and doing something as simple as having a meal as opposed to screaming, destroying anything, crying. It's just like, we're just going to enjoy our meal. And in our last moments, we're going to go out just being with each other. I was like, that I pick up on that. That's great. Where the fuck is that at all in the rest <laughs> of the movie? In the rest of the movie. Nowhere else. Yeah. I I get that. I get that that scene um, does have a little bit more heart than the rest of the movie. But to me, it just kind of felt like a little like it, it was a little it was too little too late. Sure. Um, we've we've already gone through two plus hours of of just absolute nonsense and weird. Um, it was just like a weird series of events that did have some sort of connection to each other, but no. No, there's like no emotional uh, weave throughout this movie. Um, and then it just gets to this this weird dinner scene where um, there is a, a somewhat poignant um, point to be made um, with that scene and what's happening, what our characters are doing. But to me, it, it felt like nonsensical because we had already been through all of the, you know, all of the nonsense that came before it. So, um, again, like, why why should I care at this point? Um, if you haven't given me a reason to care about any of these characters or their, even like their psychological states and why it might be, uh, the way that it is at, at that last scene, you know, we, we spent two hours with these characters. Why not, you know, build them up, um, give us some, give us some insight into their, their emotions, their psychology. So that one, when, when that scene actually does come. Uh, we can feel something more than just, oh, you finally decided to make a movie. Right, right. That's true. Uh, you're right. It is, it, it, in spite of my what I found to be effective about it, it's true. It is, it is too little, too late. Yeah, um, but I, I told, I get, I get where where you're coming from um, with that scene. It's right. But, it just, it's so weird because it's like to bring it back to food as we always do. It's like yeah, I'm eating the steak and. <laughs> Each bite is more flavorless than the last. And then finally, my last bite of the steak, I don't taste the steak, but I taste a little bit of salt. And I'm like, oh, wow, some flavor at all. And then it just makes me hate the first 20 bites of the steak I had previously. Yeah, It's it's almost like because that was almost decent at the end, it just highlights how aggravating the previous yeah, and, but then you you get post post credit stakes um, that are that are just back to like really bad comedy. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like <laughs> the world is over, and now the president is on a planet twenty two thousand. This is real, by the way. I'm not making this up. The planet's on a, a, an alien. The president. The president's on an alien planet uh, twenty two thousand years later with uh, Elon Musk or whoever the fuck Mark Rylance was supposed to be. Yeah. And like she gets eaten by an alien. Steve Jobs and yeah. Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Right, Did you right. get that? Did you catch that? He's a stand-in character for those people. Oh, dude! It was <laughs> it was so it was beautifully and subtly done. Um, <laughs> she gets eaten by an alien bat monster ostrich thing. That's that's hilarious. Uh, and that's yeah. the, that's the last thing we see in the movie. Oh, but there is another stinger with Jonah. Yeah, he where he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm still alive. Where where did everyone go? Where's my mom?" Uh, just yeah. like it, it's it's so weird because I mean those those two scenes are are like so much else of this movie where, um, it 
it it lacks focus. Like, okay, are we making uh just a silly comedy where where naked Meryl Streep gets eaten by space aliens, or are we making social commentary? Like, wh- which one? Which one is it? There, there, what do you What do you want to do? There can be a level of absurdity and satire. There always is. That's what makes it satire. But when it's nothing but absurdity and over the top, and what I'm watching to a degree could never happen realistically in the real world. The real, the real political message you're trying to get across, and the issues you're trying to address just will not come through because you can't believe anything that what you're watching is real or ever could be. It just simply is not. Yeah. It's, it, it's so weird. It, it, it was such a bizarre viewing experience. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, circling back to Timothy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of felt like he was like, like that character was sort of a half-baked idea that Adam McKay wasn't super sure like what he wanted to do with it, but Netflix gave him a lot of money. Um, and he was like, Hey, I can use this leftover money to bring in Timothy Chalamet for a couple of scenes. So here he is. And then he doesn't do anything. And then he ends up at the dinner scene. Right. I didn't get it. Uh, yeah, there's like, am I missing something? Am I missing something with this movie as a whole? I don't think there's anything there to miss. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't, anybody who's listening who may like this film, I, I, I hope to not offend you by saying this, but I think that anything redeeming that you find in this movie or any enjoyment you get out of it, you are creating in your own mind. I don't think the film objectively includes anything that is worth revering. I really don't. Yeah. I th- yeah, that's it is really tough because I do know a lot of people who did enjoy this movie. Um so like it makes me wonder if if there's something that I'm missing or something that I missed um or if I'm just being too critical of it and not simply allowing myself to to enjoy it for for what it is. Um and I don't want to like I don't want to harp on um, on people who enjoy it. I I I tend or I try to tend to not um, like argue with someone who en- enjoys something like audience members, but rather just focus on the filmmaker. I think if we're gonna lay blame, it should always be with the filmmaker. Um, and I just think that Adam McKay like wasn't totally on his A game when when making this movie and. I don't know what it is that that he could have done in making this uh, to make it a more enjoyable experience for me. Um, and I don't know if that's because I was like watching it as like film criticism had on first, and like then my political leanings had on, and like if I just wore my political leanings hat and then my film criticism hat, if like maybe that would have made it more enjoyable, but. I don't know, man. I, I just, I just don't think that McKay like knew, I think he knew what he wanted to make, but I, I like question whether or not he's actually the director uh, that he thinks he is and that he thought he was making this movie. Like, I don't know if he's actually as smart as he maybe wants us to think that he is. 
He's no John Watts, dude. That's for sure. He's no John Watts. It's like this. It's the another movie that I that I thought of while watching this was Joker. Like, <laughs> funny director makes makes a serious movie and like wants to be taken seriously, um, and ha- and like thinks that he has some really smart things to sh- to say and to show us, um, but really he uh, he he doesn't know how to do that <laughs> at all. Um, at, at all, not one bit. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I think that really not the number one thing it is missing is a character, not necessarily a protagonist or even, you know, a secondary or tertiary character that allows us to enter the world of the film who we can empathize with and go on this journey with. And it's supposed to be Leo, but I just, I, I think about like Steve Carell's character in the big short and how the insanity of what's happening that did really happen Mm -hmm. while that's going on in this stylized version of film telling that story, he's really going through a conflict in the big short. You see him struggling with making money off of this catastrophe and what that does to him. I feel like we never had a character genuinely convey that with what's going on in this film. I think they tried to with Leo, but... If anyone, it's J-Law. I think she's – I think most of that is is her as an actor just being able to kind of elevate what's on the page and what she – like the direction that she's being given on set. Um, but like she was really the only character that you could kind of latch onto and go on anything that resembles an emotional journey with. Like Leo it felt like a very – confused protagonist like are we supposed to be like aligning with this dude are we supposed to feel for him are we supposed to be kind of disgusted with him is he an anti-hero like he leaves his wife to to sleep with the news anchor but then he goes back to his wife and like he's a good guy and he's well-intentioned but he's like being pulled in the wrong way and it's like we never got enough from from that character to to align ourselves not even align ourselves but to like identify or to latch on to him as a as a person to like anchor the movie and like anchor the 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 plot points um and the progression of things that are happening so i i I mean that's probably another big reason why this movie like didn't fully land for me like yeah where are you supposed to where are you supposed to latch on like who are you supposed to latch on to in this where are we supposed to see ourselves in the, in this movie? I, I desperately find myself flailing for a <laughs> life jacket as I sit in the middle of the ocean that this film is. Yeah. It just drops you into the into the middle of nowhere, and it's just like drowning. Right. Yeah, it's like find your way home. I will say I really, really liked uh, Rob Morgan as Doctor Teddy Oglethorpe. Um, yeah. He as a character you don't really know too much about him, but I thought what he was doing with his performance was the most effective. I felt like mm-hmm. he was the most you could see like what's going on in his face and his eyes and the scenes that he's in the first scene where he hears about the comet, uh the dinner scene at the end, uh the yeah. scene where he hears about the US bombing the European countries to prevent them from stopping the comet. Like he's really conveying uh, seriousness and real human emotion and drama with what's going on. I kind of wish he had more to do in the film because yeah. I felt like he That's was offering a, a lot. He, but again, Adam McKay like didn't didn't know 
that that was a character that that had um, more to to offer. So he spends time with uh, with Kate Blanchett's character, who is like okay, but doesn't really offer us anything at all. Like he spends a lot of time with Kid Cudi and Ariana Grande, and it's like okay, we get it. Like we're more concerned with material things and you know celebrity that that doesn't actually matter or impact the world in any sort of significant way um which is like like why are we spending so much time with these folks when we could just be like digging into the subject matter that you want us to be digging into within this movie i I will say another thing i don't think he was good i don't think he was particularly good in this movie but I'm calling it now. Tyler Perry is going to win a Best Supporting Actor, like Oscar, for one of these like weird, serious roles that he takes on from time to time. Like, yes. the dude is kind of great. He is good. I like him in almost everything I've seen him in. Like, um, he was great in Gone Girl. Yeah, wow. he. What he needs is he needs to be in a real film that has a real character. Medea's the comet is coming is coming to America. Yeah, that might maybe that could very well be it. Um but I can absolutely see him getting a nom like in some significant supporting role in like uh you know a uh, a Scorsese or a Villeneuve yeah. film, something like he, that. He like he shows up, he he steals like two or three scenes and you're like, "Wow, that was great. Where the did that come from?" But I I I I truly believe that that's going to happen before we die, before the comet comes and takes us all out. <laughs> Tyler Perry will win a best supporting actor uh, Oscar. <laughs> yes. If, not, if there's not, nothing else, the film is trying to communicate to us. It's that Tyler Perry is better than you think he is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my one big takeaway from that. <laughs> well, ultimately Raph. Um, so let's do, let's do some closing thoughts. Uh, I yeah. saw your letterbox review. Share with us your score of the film and sort mm-hmm. of your little bullet point blip of how you felt about it. Yeah. Let me try to pull up my my review really quickly so I can remember what I said. Uh, but I did give this movie, I believe, two out of five stars, um, which is I, like, I don't know if I'm being generous based on, you know, how I actually feel about the movie just because I I. I there's a genuine desire to want to like this. Um, but I just found myself like I found myself at such odds with the movie that I couldn't actually like it. Um, but ultimately what I, what I wrote is this movie, this movie is so goddamn confused about what it wants to be tonally, rhetorically and aesthetically. Um, and, and I think that's the big issue is that it really lacks focus. And my big thing with movies is always like, I need clear direction from a director who knows what the, what it is that they want to get out of a movie and what kind of reaction as an audience they want to elicit. And I don't think that this movie ever truly knew uh, what it wanted to do with, with any of those things. Um, I think like the whole, like the weird, like choppy editing stuff, it just feels like so out of place and like a little too on the nose at the same time, it's just like, is is this absurd? Is this real? Is this social commentary? Is this uh, is this comedy? Is this satire? Like, what what do you want to do, Adam? Like, what do you 
what are you trying to get at with this movie? And I don't think he ever actually got there. Very well said, Raph. I, I too have scored it similarly to you. I gave it a two out of five. Uh, I think fundamentally without repeating much of what you've said that it is a construct of cinema that sort of lacks identity, flavor, tone, uh, and sort of doesn't really ask anything of those who are viewing it in spite of how significant the subject matter in the film is. Uh, I think that it is not saved by any performances. It's not saved by any editing, cinematography, or framework. Not that nothing nope. in the soundtrack is memorable. Nothing visually is memorable. Um, it's 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 you know the the film doesn't have any feeling. It's sort of a very bland uh, experience. Uh, I think it's yeah. extremely unrewatchable, uh, and that's that's pretty much it. I I yeah. I was immensely disappointed because. I like, as I was saying, I like end of the world flicks. I would be interested to see the version of this film that maybe tries a little harder and takes itself more seriously. Yeah. Or is just like a wild romp. Like I I started rewatching the day after tomorrow the other day and like, give me that 10 times out of 10 over, over this movie. Like if we're going to do end of the world stuff, let's just do destruction movie. Let's do disaster movie. Let's just go, let's go all out. Let's do Armageddon. Like, let's just make it weird and fun um, and not take itself too seriously. Uh, and, and just like, let's just have a good time with it. If, if that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. I think that's, that's, I think you and I share this sentiment. I think a lot of our friends do about just in spite of how ridiculous and over the top it is regarding the circumstances of the world ending, Roland Emmerich is just so shameless in his pursuit <laughs> of popcorn destruction that yeah. you just have to admire how ridiculous it all is. So I, that said, I'm very excited for Moonfall. Can't um, wait for Moonfall. Because <laughs> it's like, rarely do I feel this way about films, but I'm just like, obviously it's not going to be a good movie. And yet here I am so excited to see it. I, I cannot wait for that movie. Like, let's just, let's do that version. Like, I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or just... <laughs> just absurdity and like i think you said it's shameless like that's the way to do it just make it shameless yeah absolutely there's no shame in being honest about what you're doing exactly that that's that's the big problem here it's this movie is is at the end of the day it's dishonest about what it wants to be um and how it wants to present itself yep well said uh to sum it up i i would not <laughs> i wouldn't recommend this film um if you have a netflix subscription and you want to see leo dicaprio i guess watch it uh otherwise if you don't have a netflix subscription definitely don't subscribe to see this movie yeah, uh it's way it too long i i saw the runtime i was like oh my god two hours and 20 minutes I was like, here <laughs> we go uh the older i get the more intolerant i am for long run times dude i'm just like just tell your story in like an hour 45 or 150 like come on i, I like a good a good long run time if the movie requires it sure which is i guess asking a lot um 
Yeah, dude, this is like the most watched movie on Netflix ever. Ugh. Like everyone, it came out like Christmas weekend and everyone was like, yeah, we'll watch the new Leo movie on Netflix because everyone has Netflix and everyone knows who Leo DiCaprio is. Yeah. There you go. Why not? Thanks, Netflix. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. You did it. <laughs> One last thing. You, you talked about how, how you'll never rewatch this movie. I almost put it on today in the background to kind of like refresh my memory for this. Um, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't even have it on like while I was doing other stuff. Of course. The entire <laughs> first act of the movie is just the same scene over and over and over again. Them yeah. trying to share what's happening and everyone just denouncing them it's the same scene for an hour it's insane <laughs> it's unbelievable whatever all right man uh where can you be found online Me? i can dude i can be found on the socials i can be found on the instagram at michael underscore romeo underscore roco underscore it's r-u-o-c-c-o posting pictures of cheese uh that's about it on the hinstas on twitter and letterbox i can be found at michael underscore roco r-u-o-c-c-o talking about how much i dislike this film uh otherwise you can find me patrolling the streets of brooklyn in pursuit of the best burrata around how about you raf where can you be Dude, found? i can also be found on the streets of brooklyn but i'm looking for the best slices ah oh yeah you know? need that pizza time i can also be found on the interwebs at raf stitt on Twitter and on Instagram and on Letterboxd. Um, that's where I can be found, usually talking about movies, making uh, dumb jokes that I think are funny and no one else does. But that's, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I can also be found online writing words about movies uh, at screenagewasteland.com. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, or maybe shortly thereafter, my top 10 movies of 2021 will be released. So I'm kind of looking sick. forward to that. Yeah, give that a click, skis. Very exciting. If you want to see what, what I dug from the last year. Can we get a sneak peek? Can you give us one of your films, one of your top films? One of my top films? You might be surprised by this. My number 10 is Dune. Very nice. I think that's a yeah. solid select film. Yeah, and it only uh, goes up from there. Love, love that. It's not too hard to go up. Um, Raph, <laughs> Dude, where don't can, look up. Don't, don't you dare. Don't even peek up into the sky. <laughs> Raph, where can the both of us and the podcast straight to DVD be found as well? Dude, this show can be found on Twitter and Instagram at straight to DVD, the number two, at straight to DVD pod on Twitter and Instagram. Look out for that nice you know, hot pink and teal logo. Um, we can also be found wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all that good stuff. If you're listening, if you like what you hear, even if you don't like what you hear, leave us a rating, leave us a review, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, but probably lean towards tell us what you like. Um, that would be phenomenal. And we would love you endlessly for that. Well said. Raphael, it has been a pleasure. It's a brand new year. This is our first episode of the new year. We got many more to come, so stay tuned for those. Hell yeah. All right, dog. Happy right. new year. Happy new year, beast. Hell yeah. <laughs>